Welcome, 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 welcome back or welcome to the Educated Food Podcast. I am one part of the Educated Food Podcast, Dr. Jeffrey Alexander. And I'm the other part, Jarrell. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week. What's happening? A lot is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's too much. It is it's, too much. It is so much happening. And I um, could not wait for this episode. It is too much going on right now. It, it's, it, it's crazy out there. Um, before we get into the craziness, but as always, like us, share us, um, tell your friends about us, tell your mama, your auntie, and them, tell all your friends um, as we try to grow our listenership, right? And we we have some some really dope things coming up on Horizon here that we're working on in the background, so stay tuned to that. Um, and yeah, man, let's let's do our check in first, and our check in is definitely gonna lead into the craziness. I already know oh, yeah. um, it's it's impossible to do a check in without leading into you know yeah. what has happened in like the last week and a half i would say uh, so how you doing man i'm good i'm good man and actually you know like i think that i have been um on a roller coaster of emotions a roller coaster of feelings this week i have um i think the one thing that has been consistent is my love for meg the stallion and her getting me through this week uh she released uh her song thought shit last week and i absolutely love it i do <laughs> and so when people were getting on my nerves or like when I was in the office this week. And so like, there were some things that were coming up and I was just like, you know what, let me put my earphones on hands on my knees, doing that. Mm, 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 I'm like, okay, cool. This is getting me through because y'all motherfuckers try me. So <laughs> as always. So again, like it's just been a roller coaster of emotions, uh, a lot happening in the media and um, you know, just, just so much going on. What's been going on in your world, man? I mean, everything, everything's been good on my end, man. Um, just just watching watching these things unfold. Um, the just, just watching things unfold. But, you know, I'm good. I have a wedding that I'm going to tomorrow. So we'll actually have a wedding on Juneteenth, right? Okay. <laughs> um, wow. okay. So, you know, one of my closest friends, actually my daughter's godfather, um, yeah. he's getting married. So it's going to be- Please tell me they're going to jump the broom. Uh, I don't know. I really don't they know. Should. Oh, they should. Really don't know. Juneteenth? I really don't oh, know. Oh, they should. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we know it's going to be some good times, some great times. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's that's it, man. I'm just I'm just living life. I'm just taking yeah. it one day at a time and, and and enjoying enjoying life right now and staying in my lane, which other people should probably learn to do. Listen, have you ever saw that uh, that uh, that old video on YouTube? It was like stay in your lane, no swerving. It was like a gospel choir. Stay in your lane. No. No swerving. You got to look no. that up. I definitely, yeah. I definitely will. I definitely will. And and speaking of staying in your lane, that's that's kind of what we're going to, you know, I guess yeah. that'll be the theme, right, uh, of today in some sort. Um, so we, I'll hit you up, you know, over the weekend maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was that's like, good. yo, we need to talk about cancel culture and really it came up because obviously if y'all don't know Chrissy Teigen last mm-hmm. week or over the weekend released a statement um you know about her trolling past her bullying past mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. you know immediately once it happened people read it yeah. those who care about her who even don't you know it was yeah cancel culture started coming right uh let's get her up out the paint um and then actually before that i hit you up about cater to you that's what we originally was going to talk about it was destiny's child thing because i thought how ridiculous it was for for that to be called such a stir that song women getting behind the fact that they don't rock with that song and i was like do you actually listen to the song right (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and on our podcast like we are so affirming of everyone and everyone's experiences right but i am not affirming of this particular situation because i'm like what are y'all talking about and i've seen i saw so many women and this is where i'm like yo no i think y'all bugging right like so many women like oh well that's a slave song and how you gonna cater to a man and, da, 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 da. and i'm like i don't think that that is exactly what the purpose of the song was for destiny's child like this is not a even celebration close. of love you know not even close. Like, even if you listen to the hook, it's literally yeah. just for one day. 
They literally okay. tell you this is your day. So maybe it's Father's Day. It's his birthday. She's yeah. doing something special for him yeah. where he doesn't have to do anything. This is your day. Yeah. And women were like, nope, not even on not even a day. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> if you're in a heterosexual relationship, right? And it, it seems like it's becoming more and more problematic to be like, hey, I'm going to cater to my man or I'm going to keep certain traditions. Like when people had the problem with, um, you know, these women who were um, who were um, proposing to men. Right. And people was like, oh, hell no, I ain't proposing to no man. But then it's like when cater to you comes out, it's like, oh, hell no, I ain't catering to your ass. Like it's like, well, where's the balance? <laughs> you don't want women in these traditional male roles, but you don't want to be subservient to a degree like i don't understand because relationships are not about single-sided subservience it is, it is literally about that duality of the two like both of y'all got to be subservient to each other at times and if you didn't think so then you're dead wrong <laughs> right so a few weeks ago right mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade did an interview and he was like mm-hmm. um i do not lead in my marriage right yep. like gabrielle union is the leader in my marriage and i saw so many dudes get so like threatened by that it was like i don't know how a man can't be the lead in his marriage like how can this woman even respect him and i'm like yo he that's not like trust me she respects him he brings in money just as she does right and that's every that's what a lot of men tie it to is like the breadwinner of the household i need to take care of my family i'm like you don't think he's taking care of his family like this dude is a multimillionaire. He got TV shows. He owned part of an NBA team. Trust me, financial, he's not broke like y'all. So that is not the argument that they haven't. But he understands that by giving her or at least giving her the agency Mm -hmm. to speak how she feels, put the family in positions that she feels is best. He's fine with that. Like, he's fine with that. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Well, you know what? It's funny because I have a list of 15 things that I think need to be canceled and the Wade family is one of them. Now I'll tell you about it. Now there's a twist to this, but I do think the Wade family needs to be canceled, but we'll go there later. Right. Um, (laughs) I I definitely, I definitely would love to hear this because I am, I am so team Wade. So they're on my list. They're on my list. I am so team Wade. So I can't wait. (laughs) I need to know what team Wade has done. Uh, They're on my list. But but I totally agree, right? Like there is there comes a point where you have to ask yourself, am I really in control of this particular household? Right? Like I know for sure that when I, you know, when I when I decide to get married or whatever have you, right? Like I know for sure in my heart of hearts, I'm probably not gonna be the leader, the leader of my household, right? Like my partner is. And I don't mind my partner being the leader of the household because I have to do an enormous amount of things everywhere else right like it's just a split of responsibility and power that has to come in play when you think about leading a household and that's the funny thing about it is there are some criticisms from people who don't even lead their own households they still in their mama basement they are still you know getting their mama to watch their kids on the weekend and all this other kind of stuff like that still been single and all of it which being single ain't a bad thing i ain't saying it is But what I'm saying is, like, if you don't understand the complexities of what it means to run a household, then, of course, you're going to be on there offering your unsolicited opinion. That's just like assholes. Everybody got one. So, you know, you don't you don't have a you know, you don't have a a dog in this fight here. You don't understand what he's talking about. And I can I can get what he's talking about. Right. Like I'm bringing the bread in the house. I am a part of this machine that keeps the machine going. Gabby is the mechanic. Like she's the one who fixes the kinks. She's the one who takes care of everything. Like she's not even the mechanic. She's the motherboard. You know what I'm saying? She keeps everything running. And that's where, you know, I think that's where they were coming from. Not that he doesn't have any control or he doesn't have any dominance in his household per se, right? Just like you said, he owns so much stuff and is and has his hands in so many things. Of course he can't do everything in the household on a day-to-day basis and all that kind of stuff like that. They got what? four or five is it four kids three kids so he has yeah i believe he has three of his own and yeah. he raises his sister's kid damn that's a yeah. lot of kids so he, even he Javier herself and then and then, and then he also has a break baby too but you know, <laughs> you know that, but yeah. for him like one mm-hmm. thing that i always tell people right 
right? So I, I supervise, you know, 14 people. So essentially yeah. I'm a leader, right? But I'm yeah. like, leaders also have to know how to take a step back and support. You always yeah. don't have to be in the forefront. So for D-Wade, he was more from the support standpoint. Like, yeah. yo, <clears throat> before we got married, my wife had a career. My wife had money. She was a businesswoman. She has all these things. So it's my job to support her in that, not like damn her light. And so I can stunt and I can be like, oh, I'm the one doing all these. Like, no, right. it is my job to support her. How can I help her? I think he said, like, how can I help her evolution? How can I help her grow? Right. Like, mm-hmm. that's my role. So, yes, yeah, she takes the lead and I support her so she can grow, because if she grows, our family grows, our love grows. Right. Like it's so when we think about these relationships and all these like roles that one must play, I think we always forget that there's a back and forth. There's a support. Maybe I'm the lead yeah. this week and maybe she's the lead next week. Like it's right. not just so black and white where like the man has to be the leader of the household all the time. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's but now. Is, but now I'm 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 dead curious. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this go. You have to tell me why you're trying. You're, you're bro. Trying you got to hold up. You got to. I mean, we can do the list right now. But like, I think we need to have a conversation first, right? Like, all right, all right. I, I'll, I'll 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 let it out in the conversation. Yeah, about, you, you uh, got me. I'm, that's all I'm thinking about right oh, now. Yeah. You you oh, got yeah. me. That's all I'm thinking okay. about. But um, so like I said, so we were trying to talk about this casting culture, right? Um, and for me, the reason why I would have this conversation is because um. I'm not a I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but I'm a fan of holding people accountable. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like cancel culture doesn't always necessarily hold people accountable. It does right? not. It doesn't hold people accountable. And two, we no one actually ever gets canceled at no, the end of the day. They come back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I remember when Kanye West was like, you know, you said black people chose to be slaves, right? Like that's and then everybody's like, oh, I'm canceling, I'm canceling Kanye. And then as soon as he did his like his little gospel trip. Right. Everybody wanted to go to Jesus church to mm-hmm. see this. Right. And I'm like, I thought he was done. I thought we got rid of him. Right. Like we don't cancel anyone. So like for me, I think cancel culture is one, it's a facade, but we don't hold yeah. people accountable. Um, and and it's, it's, it sets dangerous precedents as well. Yeah. And, and that's um, what I will talk about a little bit later as it relates yeah. to cancel culture and why we are where we are today. Um with, with some news that came out yesterday and what people are pushing the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel thoughts? very strongly that we should definitely, and I agree with you, we should hold people accountable for, you know, the things that they do, the things that they say. I've been held accountable for some of the things that I say on this podcast, right? Like, but I don't think that I should be, should have been canceled for anything that I've said or anything I will say on this podcast, because again, there is an opportunity for people to correct their behavior. And, you know, if they, if they make a sincere, like charitable effort to correct their behavior, I don't believe that we should be in a space where we're just outright canceling people, right? Like there was a, um, there was a status on Facebook the other day from one of my family members and, and my family can be super churchy. I don't say, I won't say religious. They can be super churchy because it's very, it's very superficial in how mm-hmm. churchy they, they get, right? They can be very churchy at times, not spiritual. And so one of my uh, family members was like, well, they canceled Jesus. So I don't mind being canceled. And I'm like, that's not quite true. That's not what. Uh, oh, OK. I, I see what you I, I see the, the strings here. Right. Like I they, see canceled you, they canceled Jesus. <laughs> they canceled my Jesus on a cross. And, and it, I'm thankful for the blood and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. God, this is the same person who is anti-witchcraft, who is thankful for the blood of a man who was strung up on a cross and died. Okay, blood, witchcraft, got it. Okay, whatever, fine. That's another topic for another day. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, and that's how churchy they get. It gets to the point where I'm just like, yo, y'all are, y'all, y'all be wilding. Y'all be wilding. I, I just feel like y'all be wilding all the time. But yeah, so I saw that. Um, so yeah, with cancel culture, I mean, you know, it, it, as long as people, you know, are, you know, admitting to the things that they do and admitted to some of the things that they have going on um, or the places that they were in their lives at the time that they talked about these things or did these things, I think we should offer some grace, right? I think it's in the repetition of those things that we need to be a little bit more cautious. Like if this person is, you know, repeating these bad behaviors, then maybe we need to step, take a step back and look at this in totality and say, okay, this may be a part of their personality right like with Chrissy Teigen I feel like 
she did what she thought was appropriate in the moment to um I forgot what the man's name is. John Legend. Um, um no 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 oh, not John to, Legend. To the to the uh stylist, uh, right? The stylist, yes. Yeah. I think she did what she believed was appropriate at the time because she thought that he was calling someone the N-word. Yeah, Michael Costello. That was Michael Costello, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but let's be very clear, Michael Costello is not uh unscathed either, and 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 he is not without flaws because he did some really foul stuff to Leona Lewis that she came out recently about too, right? Like Michael Costello, you know, made Leona Lewis feel like she was like a fat job of the hut sloth because she wasn't a certain size for a dress that he wanted. And he canceled her being in his show, which was not racist, but it was also really messed up for him to do. Right. Um, And I'm not justifying what Chrissy did to him because there is no justification. And even Chrissy admitted she's wrong for saying the things that she said, but she thought she was saying them in defense of blackness, right? Like mm-hmm. you calling people niggers, that's not okay. But then it also wasn't okay for her to say, you know, you you deserve to die. Like Chrissy, that was that was pretty wrong. Yeah, she was she was she was way out of pocket, right? Yeah. Way out of pocket. But I think you were you were touching on it, right? What have that person done since their original tweets that, you know, and that's yeah. that's always my biggest issue when people bring up like people past tweets and old tweets. Um I remember one um, they brought one like Jam- an old Jamel Hill tweet out where, where she was talking about uh, Manny Ramirez, Ramirez says something um, something inflammatory against the LGBTQ community. Um, mm-hmm. She she made a joke about it and she laughed about it, right? And I think it was something to do with trans community. Um, yeah. And she was like, I'm never deleting that tweet. Like she says it to this day, I'll never delete that tweet. That's where my mind was. That's where the world was Yeah. back then. Now look at the work that I've done. Look at my advocacy. Yeah. Look at where I do speaking engagements. Look at the work that I do now Mm -hmm. in 2021 versus a tweet that I did in 2009. Right. Like people grow. And I don't and I don't think we give people that opportunity to grow. We we hold them accountable for things that they did in their past. Now, if they are continuously doing these things, we get them out the paint. And I always tell the perfect example of this is my mind's telling me no. Uh, R. Kelly out the paint. No, brother, yes. I'm gonna have to disagree with yes. you on R. Kelly. No, because R. Kelly never changed his behavior. Oh, 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 okay, okay, right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I, I missed yeah. It. I so, missed it. Okay. so we yeah, canceled. Right. We got rid of R. Kelly. Yeah, because he never changed his behavior. He never did. He continues to prey on children yeah. till this day. Even probably even in jail. Had a rapist. Sending pen pal letters, right? <laughs> but twelve year olds. So. That's that's the perfect example of yes, that is someone that we absolutely get rid of. Oh, yes, yes, right. I agree. Because he continuously harms, he hasn't learned from anything. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't get the benefit of doubt to to grow and to change. You've been doing this for 20 plus years. You're a predator. Exactly. And R. Kelly's on my list too. (laughs) Yeah, right. And and it it hurts me when I be listening to Pandora and uh, R. Kelly song. Come on. I'm like, this used to be my ish. Yes. Mm-hmm. I gotta hit skip and I yep. gotta thumb it down, right? Like yep. it hurts me. I, he has a great catalog, all right. Mm-hmm. But he we can't I can't I can't support the dude. And I have him for years, even before it became popular, even before Surviv- surviving R. Kelly, right? Yeah. It's because he continuously harms black women in our community, because that's who it is, right? Or women of color in general, because I believe surviving R. Kelly, it was like um a Latina, right? So yeah, it was a Latina woman. So women of color, he continuously harms. So we get them out the paint. But yeah. I'm not going to pal on someone for a tweet that they sent when they were like 13. They do that every year when like the NBA or NFL draft come up. Exactly. Some draft prospect and they go back into his tweets like, yo, he was in middle school. Right. Like, luckily for me, I didn't have a Twitter when I was in high school. Yeah. Cause the way I believe quite frankly, the way I was raised, right? I wasn't as always, um, a, I hate calling myself an ally, but an ally to like the LGBTQ community. Like I wasn't always that, right? I was very homophobic because that's in the household I was raised. Yeah. Um, well, brother, I call you an ally. I mean, so let me let me give you a gay pass, okay? Here's your, here's your gay pass. You are an ally, brother. I, I appreciate I, I that. Firm that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that because once again, I feel I f- I'd be like, ah, I don't like saying that. I need somebody else to say that. Like, you can't call yes. yourself an ally. <laughs> I'm your resident gay and I approve. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Even though you ain't got no um, facial skincare tips for me, though. 
I'm 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 sorry, brother. I listen. I, I'm a lot of things, but when it comes down to a lot of things with regard to skincare and all that kind of stuff like that, I'm I'm more along the heterosexual male lens than any other thing. So uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very cis. Yeah. No, my my metro uh my, my metro cousin hooked me up. So I'm I'm getting it right. I'm getting it right. Yeah. I told y'all I didn't even have a skincare routine into until my partner put me on to a skincare routine, which I'm, you know, sometimes I don't even continue on a day to day basis. I, yeah, I should have said that. It's a job. <laughs> you shouldn't have said it. I should not have said that. But <laughs> it's a job, though, man. It's a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it, but I got to. I got to. I got to clear these things up. Yeah, no, that's real. That's real. <laughs> let's let's get back on let's get back yeah. on, on topic here. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. so that's you know for me that's just the biggest thing as it relates to cancel mm-hmm. culture, right? There's yeah. a difference between holding people accountable, which cancel culture doesn't really do. We just Absolutely. immediately try to get rid of these people, and obviously, outside of R. Kelly, I don't think of anybody else that's been canceled by by the culture. Um, and it's just it's, it's superficial. But there's some people that we need to hold accountable, and some people we definitely need to get out the paint. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so absolutely. Um, you, I mean, it hurt my heart when we had to cancel Bill Cosby mm-hmm. um, because of his past. Right. And because of his present. So it wasn't just one behavior where he was slipping women quaaludes back in the 70s and stuff like that, which he said was, you know, something that they just did. And it may have been a part of that culture, but it was also rape. OK. And it was also non-consensual sex. But, you know, there was a, a different lens uh, when thinking about some of those things, and actually some of the women who were in those, uh, you know, who who get offered their testimony about this, while they admitted it was rape, they also admit- <laughs> so <laughs> this this is the really messed up part. Some of those women in the document said, "If I hadn't gotten those quaaludes, I don't know how I was going to do this. I was doing this to leverage this relationship in my mm-hmm. favor of you know acting and stuff like that, which is still manipulation and still rape, right?" Um, and so again, you know, those, those were the things that he started off with in the seventies. And then when he got on that tour, that national speaking tour about telling black people, how we are supposed to act, how we're supposed to be, how we can't name our children, Taquan and Dashika and all that kind of stuff like that. That's when I was like, you know what? Okay. All this stringing together, brother, I am the number one Cosby fan in the world. A different world changed my life, but I'm going to have to cancel you brother. Cause you look, look, I'm gonna do a Monique brother. My brother, <laughs> you are not okay. <laughs> yeah, let's cancel and be done. That's what did him in, honestly. Yeah, that's truly what did him in. I think. Yeah, in, in our community, it's because how mm-hmm. dare you, right? How yeah. dare you, Mister Cosby, who has always positioned himself as better than better yeah. than the comedians that he was with. Right. Cause he would always, you hear every comedian who cussed was like, Bill Cosby always told me I couldn't do this. I couldn't say this. I couldn't act this way. Right. And then, yes, he, he did a speaking tour where he was telling black people not to name your baby, certain type of names, pull up your pants, stop being that like all of these things standing on the soapbox, speaking down to our community, but he had all these skeletons in his closet. Right. I mean, that thing is just unreal. I was like, oh, yeah, Jesus, Bill, if if you weren't acting all high and mighty for all these years, yeah, you probably would have made it at least through our community. Because, yeah, as we would have said, people would have been like, yo, that happened way back in the 70s, early 80s. What has he done since then? Right. Like he's done all these things. He's sent hundreds of students to college. He has like he's done some great things. Right. Probably could have saved him. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't turn your nose up against your own people and talk down Not to your all. own people. And then when all. you're in some trouble, now look for support from that same community. It doesn't work. Absolutely. That way. So it doesn't work that way. Um, I, I'm the same. I, I love and I tell people like you can love Cliff Huxtable, but he mm-hmm. is not Bill Cosby. He is not. Like, he is not. You have to separate his character from who he is. And this, this is going to be a side tangent, but I saw a post on Twitter where somebody was like, all of these, all of our beloved shows, right? The Cosby show, but his net last name wasn't Cosby in the show. It was Huxtable. The right. Jamie Foxx show, but it was Jamie King. <laughs> it was like, I was like, yo, actually, I never even thought that deeply about all of our shows with like the main character is their real name, but their character name is nowhere near it. So just a little side yeah. tangent. It was, that's, it was that's funny. 
I yeah. was like, I had never thought about that. But um, yeah, yeah man. Let's uh, who else you got on? I, like I said, I gotta get to this list, man. You've been yeah. talking about this list. I uh, who who so who, who you getting up out the paint or at least holding okay. accountable? As we let me. Say. Let me go into my list. Okay. Because Jeff <laughs> wants to hear the list. So I'm going to give y'all the list. Yeah. And the Wade family is on the list. That's, that's okay. Really... Let me see. The Wade family is number nine on the list. Number nine. I have a list of 15 things that really need to be canceled. Okay. <laughs> the first thing that I have on my list that really needs to be canceled, numero uno, is white tears, especially white tears in the workplace. Let me tell you something. If you are a white person who is leveraging your emotions and your tears and your fears against people in the workplace, what I'm not going to do is tolerate that shit, okay? If you cry, I'm going to cry right along with you. If you're uncomfortable, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so uncomfortable as well because this isn't right. Oh, my God. As a black person in America, I just feel like I will do the same thing to you. So do not try to use your white tears against me because I will use that shit right back against you. And I am also in my space of no, where I'm like, no bullshit, no drama, no nothing. And so if you are in a space where you feel like you have to leverage your emotions and in, 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 in weigh that against folks in the workplace, guess who's going to be right there with you? Me. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, as a black man, I don't know how to go on and deal with this. I'm going to do the same shit. Number two, microaggressions. Let me tell you something. Okay, and this goes right along with white tears. There were a couple of articles and shout out to one of my GSU alum friends, uh, Danielle, who runs the Unfit Christian blog and the Unfit, Unfit Christian uh, space. She uh, she made a, a series of tweets the other day and she talked about why black people are not as excited about going back into the office space. And one of those reasons was microaggressions. She said that, you know, we are not excited to go back into the workplace because we have to deal with microaggressions on a daily basis. We have to go in and, you know, uh, watch ourselves. We have to govern our language. We have to, you know, govern our dress. We have to make sure that we manage our hair. We have to manage, you know, this and that and that. And those things were easy to manage in your own space, in your own home, where you were comfortable doing the things that are essentially black to you. And now you have to go out and code switch in the workplace. And so that is an uncomfortable feeling that only we have as people of color, right? People of color have to code switch in order to get along. And that's not just black people. That is blacks. That is Latinx. That is Asian folks. That is all, you know, any, any other, you know, minoritized group in this country, you name it. Cause I'm going to say minoritized group. Cause we're not a minority at all. Um, actually white people are a minority. But any minoritized group in this country, we have to suffer the consequences of being in an anti-Black, anti-person of color country and deal with those things in the workplace. So let me tell you something. For all you people who do those, that, that microaggressing, if you microaggress me, I will macroaggress your ass. I promise you. I promise you. This is my season of no, and I'm not tolerating it. The next thing, number three, grits. Cancel grits. Okay? I don't know why y'all eat grits. It is whoa, horrible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Whoa. Jeff. Slow down. Stop eating grits. Slow down. <laughs> I, I can let you I can let you talk about mimosas all day long. You can mimosas too. Champagne can, is disgusting. You can get rid of mimosas all day long. You will not, sir. You will not touch grits. <laughs> if it don't matter if you eat sugar in your grits, it don't matter if it's salt and pepper. It don't matter if it is. Ramelard with some shrimp, all that kind of stuff like that. It don't matter if it's green grass and dry roses. Cancel grits. <laughs> Y'all nasty. Yeah. But I do like shrimp and grits, though. That's weird. Dog, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like shrimp and grits a little bit. Now, here's the thing. When the shrimp is gone, that's when I stop eating the grits. Okay. <laughs> I don't eat regular. I don't eat even if it's in the sauce. I don't like the sauce on the grits and all that kind of stuff like that. I, I think it's just, I think for me, it is the sauce for shrimp and grits. So maybe just the sauce and shrimp will be good for me. I'll cancel grits out of my meal. I'll ask for the shrimp and grits without the grits. There we go. Boom. Yeah, no, move on. You can't, you're not having that one. You can move on. Number uh, five. Number, uh, <laughs> we at number four. Number four. 
So I don't know if you all know, but BT has this show called Encore, where they take a group of women from past um, shows and I mean, uh, past girl groups and past singers and performers and stuff like that. They put them all in one house and they have these women in here doing the most foolish thing ever, which is creating a girl group, which we didn't ask for, with a bunch of middle aged women and two knucklehead little girls to make a group. Let me tell you about this. So BT's Encore. First, first, here's what I observed. I watched the first episode because my partner was like, you need to watch it. So I watched it. So Fallon and Felicia from Cherish. First of all, honey dear, don't nobody really remember Cherish like that except for the A, 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 A. And then my favorite Cherish song is Moment in Time, right? I know that times I'm far away, but still I'm missing you. Okay, that's my singing for the day. But I love that song. So Moment, uh, Moment in Time is one of my favorite Cherish songs. But cancel them. Fallon and Felicia, you need to be canceled. One, Fallon, here's what Fallon's doing, right? Like Fallon is the least talented of the two, the two twins, Fallon and Felicia, right? So Fallon is in a space where she's letting her insecurities override, you know, what she is there to do. And so she's the one who is the troublemaker of the house. Felicia is not. She's pulling her twin sister, Felicia, into this trouble that she's creating out of her own insecurities. Next, another reason why you need to cancel BT's encore, okay? Um, you have Lamisha and Irish from 702. Lamisha and Irish from 702, okay? It used to be Lamisha, Irish, Orish, and Camila from 702. They were, they, the four of them were a group. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Orish, Irish's twin sister, passed away from cancer, right? And they talk about it in the show. And so with Lamisha and Irish being on the show without Camila, they are 702 minus the one that we came to see, which is Camila, okay? Ain't nobody coming to see Lamisha and Irish. We came to see Camila, okay? And she ain't even there. <laughs> she was the one we came to see. Next, you got Pam from Total. Pam from total. <laughs> Need I say more? This woman is now a pastor. She's like the auntie of the house, praying over people, trying to get people together. When they came together said, to, to think about what their album is going to be, she was like, look, I ain't doing no thought stuff. I don't want, I'm, 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 I'm sex positive, but I'm not here to be sexy and all that kind of stuff like that. Pam, what is you here for? Why is you here? Why is you here then? Because you in a group with a bunch of women who was like, we about to do this. And Lamisha and Iris said the same thing. Lamisha was like, I don't want my daughter. I'm responsible to my daughter. And I don't want my daughter to feel like I'm a hoe. Uh, okay. So what y'all about to do? Anita Baker's renditions? Like, what's happening? Y'all about to be Dionne Warwick in a full outfit, in a full sweater dress on stage? What is you doing? The next person is Aubrey O'Day from Vanity K. It gets worse. Wait, Aubrey wait. O'Day from Danity K. All right, I I get the others because it's black entertainment television. Yeah. They're from black girl groups, and then you go with Aubrey, who doesn't even look the same. She's the low budget Christina Aguilera. <laughs> like she is literally the goodwill Christina Aguilera. Okay, let's just be real. Wow. Then you have. <laughs> Then you have uh, Shamari from Black. I get it. I love Shamari. I do. So Shamari DeVoe is Ronnie DeVoe's wife. She was on Real Housewives of Atlanta, but she keep getting canceled out of everything that she's on. She just got she got canceled out of Black. She got canceled off of Real Housewives. She she she. I don't know. I don't know what is going on here. Why bring in Shamari? Okay. I think Aubrey O'Day and Shamari in totality being in that house is just stuff, right? Like, you know how you have like essentials in your house that you need and then you have stuff. I think <laughs> Aubrey O'Day and Shamari are just stuff in that house, okay? They just stuff. It's like, you don't really need that stuff, but you don't really want to throw that stuff away, but you don't know what you want to do with that stuff. You just got stuff, right? Then you have, <laughs> oh Lord. Then it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. You have Keely Williams. Keely Williams from 3LW and the Cheetah Girls. Okay. This is Broken Promises, Promises. Please spare me. 
spare me. Keely Williams will assign herself to anything that any television show is it has going on. If there is a grand opening for a Burger King drive-through repavement, Keely Williams will be there. Okay, Keely Williams, cancel it. The only credible thing that they have going for them in this show, and don't 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 try to make me be a hater, but the only thing they got credible going for this show is Nivea. Nivea is my homie. Okay, I love Nivea. She's like that baby mama that you just want to sit around with, roll a blunt, and chill with, right? Like. Nivea is is real. Nivea can sing. Nivea is talented. I still don't know why to this day why Nivea is not out as an artist because Nivea is 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 amazing. She still can sing. Like she was singing on the show, and I'm like, damn, like Nivea is good. And she also um revealed on the show that she was the one who was in Mystical's uh uh song who was doing the hook, been so long. Yeah, I didn't I know she, that. I think she was in the video. Yeah, she got her start there. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't watch videos back in the day. I was a. I was a street kid. Like I was. I wasn't even watching videos. I was out in the streets, like flipping on pissy mattress. So I don't know. Right. So yeah. So so that's number four. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through this real quick because I spent too long on that last one. Number five, R. Kelly. Cancel him. Okay. Cancel him. Someone asked on Twitter. The other, I mean Instagram the other day. Well, when is R. Kelly going to get a versus, sir? Sir. Sir. It. I saw it. There is a versus going on with R. Kelly right now. R. Kelly versus the state of Illinois because he's a pedophile. He in jail. Cancel he can't him. even do it if he wanted to. Like, what he going to do that shit from a cell phone, cell block phone? He's locked up. He's in jail. Yo, play ignition. Yo, play this. <laughs> play that. Come on. No, cancel it. Cancel it. Next thing. Number six, Ronnie O'Neill in Florida. I don't know if y'all saw it on the shave room, but this is the dude that has the uh the the uh the Kodak black haircut that is in the courtroom like because the state of Florida <laughs> had the burden of proof. You coming up here giving us this SVU 48 hours ass defense or opening bomb opening. Bomb I said opening. not guilty. There's a tampering Actually, of evidence. I can't what the hell that. did the detective do? Walk into the house and kick the knife that you tried to stab your son with? That's yeah. a tampering of evidence. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I killed my joke originally. Because yeah, he's. If y'all don't know, he's on trial for murder, right? His his yeah, girl murdering and, girl in his in his kid and his son. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, well, one of the sons survived. One of the sons, yeah, testified so, against. Him. Yeah, so no, so no jokes there. He yeah, no him, jokes against that. Him but cancel Ronnie O'Neill because he's a fool. Yeah, get him he's all a fucking fool. Out of here. Yeah, get him yeah. Out of here. Yeah, that's wrong. Seven, Todrick Hall. Okay. I know that this is uh, uh, Black Gay Pride Month or Gay Pride Month, but in the spirit of Gay Pride Month, in the spirit of my people and my gay ancestors, cancel Todrick Hall. Y'all need to. He is problematic on so many levels. There are instances where there have been recordings of him making jokes about Black people. There have been instances where there are recordings where he said that he doesn't mess with Black people and that Black people are trash to him when it comes to dating. So he fetishizes white men, and I know the gravity of how that sounds, okay? But he fetishizes white men, and he also doesn't pay dancers. He also is in a space where he takes... um, he takes elements of the hood and sanitizes it in order for it to be palatable for white people. And that's what I don't like. Right. And it seems a bit minstrelly when he does it. Well, I'm not going to say it seems a bit minstrelly. It is minstrelly for him to be doing this because this is literally sanitizing the hood and making it palatable for white folks and, and, and allowing white folks access to something that is inherently and uniquely a black space. And Todrick Hall does not have the, 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 the right to do that. And he doesn't have the right to do that in those types of ways either. And so cancel Todrick Hall, number seven. I'm done with him. Um, number eight, George Zimmerman. Okay. State of Florida. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all got Ronnie O'Neill on trial right now um, in the state of Florida for doing this stupid stuff. Y'all keep highlighting these black people that do this stupid stuff. And granted, these, these, these black people are doing some outrageous, stupid stuff. George Zimmerman is still out here living and breathing. We are in a space where, and I'm getting real, real right now. We're in a space where we have people killing, you know, um, where we have people of color killing each other. And I'm not saying black on black crime because that doesn't exist, right? Like, clearly it's crime by pro- proximity that is the real issue in America. 
Um, cause white people, white on white crime is a realistic thing too, because they, they have proximity and access to each other, just like black people have proximity and access to each other. Not saying that, but what I'm saying is while we're out here committing crimes against each other by proximity, what we need, well, I ain't going to advocate that because that can't, we can't do that. I can't say that. <laughs> but what I will say is George Zimmerman is out here living and breathing and our brother Trayvon is not. <laughs> Hello. And that's all I'm gonna say. You make your own opinion about that and you come to your own conclusions. Number nine, the Wade family, the one you've been waiting for, okay? Why should we cancel the Wade family? It's too many stars in that family. <laughs> too many stars. You got Dwayne, who runs everything. You got Gabby Union, who runs everything and is fine as hell. She's too damn fine, okay? Your mama should not be that fine. She is near my mama's age. Well, not no, no, that's not true. My mama in her late 50s. She's in her 40s. Um, but still, <laughs> she ain't that far off. Um, she too damn fine, okay? Your mama should not be that fine. Next, let's go down the list. You got, um, uh, what is it, Xavier Wade or Z Xavier, the, old, the, the older boy, okay? Zaire. Zaire. Zaire's out here killing it on the court, okay? Like, he's the next... He's the next coming of his father, right? Like he's out here breaking ankles. It is unfair to have this many stars already in this family. And I ain't even done yet. Then you got Slay Away, okay? You, Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. The gay community, what I saw was, you know, they were making fun of uh, Zaya because they were saying she looks like Myrtle Urkel in some of her outfits, right? Um, ha, 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 funny, joke, 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 joke. But that's a kid. Zaya saw these comments, went in her bag, and destroyed everyone's life in that Gucci outfit. Like, she had the Gucci outfit, she had the shoes, she had the eyewear, she had the hair, and slayed everybody. And she's like, okay, y'all want to call me Myrtle? Let's show you what I can really do. I can be a rich bitch, and I can be a rich bitch on rich bitch time. And Zaya came out and slayed everybody. It's unfair. It is unfair. And then last but not least, you got goddamn Kavya. Kavya is the next Supreme. <laughs> this family has too many stars. <laughs> it's unfair. It's unfair. <laughs> it is <Man>. unfair <laughs> to the average family. Okay. And that's why I'm team Wade, man. That that family, that family, I mean, yeah, they got it. They got it. Right. What? When people say you have it, like that family. That family has an it. That family um, has an it. That and it's all love, it. and they all love. Like, I love when Zaire be like, yo, say something about my sister again. Right? Exactly. Like, I will like, come see you about my little sister. Right? And that's like, real. I'm like, I love that. I love that. I love the story. I love, it. I love that. Yeah. Did you see their, um, did you see Zaya's, um, uh, Zaya on Wheels, uh, uh, her 14th birthday party? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, that was dope. I was like, y'all, yeah. God damn, can y'all adopt me, please? <laughs> So that's I'm why you want to be about to pay because you can't be a part of the family. So. I can't be. That's, so that's the real go. reason. Okay. <laughs> so they got to go. <laughs> so the doc just assessed me, right? Like, this is the real reason you don't like the ways because you want to be a part and you ain't got no access. You damn right. <laughs> so they got to go. I ain't got no access. <laughs> so they got to go. Okay. The next thing, number 10, cancel especially during this black, uh, this, 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 this black pride month or, uh, well, I'm calling it black pride month. It's LGBTQ pride month, right? Um, during LGBTQ pride month, please, please, please cancel asking me to stop eating from Chick-fil-A. I know, I know. Let me go into my Monique babies. I love y'all babies. I, I, I love us for real, but I also love Chick-fil-A. Okay. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. There are institutions in our own community that disparage the LGBT community. There are institutions nationwide that trouble us on a deep level and systematically denigrate us on a deep level. Chick-fil-A, when I go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, especially near my house, there are so many gays working at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so polite. I like to get my number three, <laughs> eight-piece nugget, okay, my waffle fries and my half and half from my gay brother, okay, at the Chick-fil-A. They are employing my gay brothers and giving them scholarships. That's enough for me, okay? That's enough. 
<laughs> so somebody tried to come for me for like eating Chick-fil-A one day. And I was like, hey, when the gay men or the gay women in my circle stop going to Chick-fil-A, I'll stop going to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so I, I get it. Right. And I get a little bit deeper. Right. And once again, yeah. I mean, we can talk about this another day. That's how I feel mm-hmm. about boycotting things and canceling things. Yeah. Say like Gucci and stuff or Starbucks that one time. Yeah. Who are you actually impacting when you do these things? Because who knows who owns that Chick-fil-A? That Chick-fil-A right. person might be someone who is in the LGBTQ community, but the, right. right, but they own that Chick-fil-A. So when you're boycotting these places, you're not hurting the owners. You're not hurting the CFOs, the CEOs. No. You're hurting the people who work inside those stores. And you're hurting those owners who, more times than not, scrounged up what they can to, to mm-hmm. buy them a franchise, right? Everybody is in Rick Ross and, and Shaq mm-hmm. owning these fast food restaurants, right? So that's that's another 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 thing for another day. But yeah, um, just because I'll of even... that, I'm going to Chick-fil-A today just because of that. You gave me permission <laughs> to go to Chick-fil-A today. Right. Listen, I can't give you permission, brother, but what I can say is yes, I ain't can. doing it. Yes, Stop asking me to do it. I ain't oh. doing it, okay? Oh. And, and, and just to add to what you were saying about, you know, some of the CEOs, CFOs, things of that nature who may be of the LGBTQ plus community as well, guess what? This, the, the, the version of the Bible that you read, the King James version, King James was a notorious homo, okay? Let's be very clear. He was homosexual. King James, homosexuality did not come up as a sin in the Bible until King James because he was trying to hide his own identity. But that's another show, another time for another show. Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> he was grand. He was, he, he, he was one of my ancestors. Okay. One of my gay ancestors. <laughs> Just remember that. Hey, you, you be quiet. I'm sorry. I'm dog sitting. Um, next we have number 11. I'm almost done. Number 11. And I think we both will appreciate this. Number 11, please institutions of higher education. Stop asking people to come back to campus with no plan <laughs> on how to come back to campus. Stop leaving it up to us mid-managers to figure this out. It is exhausting, <laughs> especially when you have t- very large teams and you have offices that are essential for the function of the college. That's not fair. It's not fair for us to have to decide and figure out and map out a plan as to how we come back because it has no teeth for mid-managers. If mid-managers say, hey, I want all my teams to come back or whatever have you, blah, 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 then there's someone above us that our people can go to and say, hey, my boss just gave me a directive. Do I have to follow that directive? Is it institutionally sanctioned that I follow this directive? If not, then I ain't coming. That puts us in a predicament with culture. That puts us in a predicament with management. That puts people against people. And in higher ed, we are feelers to the max, right? Like we are passionate about our profession, but we are also people who are very empathetic because we have to be to some degree with regard to, you know, managing student crisis and stuff like that, like empathizing with students or we should be at least, right? And so it becomes really strenuous when we have to sit there and, manage people's emotions and their feelings about coming back to campus when the institution hasn't given us guidance on what that even looks like. Jeff, you got anything about that? I don't know. You going to stay out of that? I'm trying to see (laughs) how I want to wade in these waters. I'm just going to say ditto. It is is really, really difficult to, to create a reopening plan when there isn't a overall institutional plan. Um, mm-hmm. or, or vision for it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, ditto. And then also things change every damn day. With every COVID. day. So like day. you create a plan and then three days later, they're like, nope, not doing that. So um, mm-hmm. I would like to see a little bit more leadership and involvement in, in these reopening plans. And I know a lot of colleagues will as well. So ditto. Yeah. So now we go to number 12. Okay. Which I think is the most important of this list. Okay. We're 12. Uh, we only got 15, but I'm at 12. Number 12, okay, hear me out and hear me good. Cancel not taking your broken ass to therapy, okay? Stop it. If you are in a situation where you are out there thinking all men are trash, if you're in a situation where you are out there looking at Instagram logics and quoting Instagram and I do this because my horoscope said I do this and um, I'm going to just say for the Sagittarius because I'm a Sagittarius. All Sagittarius are free thinkers and roamers. And so we're not going to be in a relationship. Lies. Lies. 
Okay. Most of, you know, most of my adult experiences, I've been in relationships. It, it, it is not impossible for a Sagittarius to be in a relationship. Your ass just need therapy because you're broken. <laughs> Go to therapy. Get some help. <laughs> Get help. Now. Even if you think you're good, yo, go talk to somebody. Go talk to, go somebody. Talk to somebody. At least let them confirm you good. Just don't be out here walking around Listen. saying you good. Let somebody else confirm that for you first. Because there a lot are of so many. Yeah. A lot of y'all walking around the streets that need to talk to somebody and y'all know it. And there's so many avenues for you to get therapy, even if you don't have um, you know, insurance and things of that nature. And I'm not going to talk about those different avenues because they haven't sponsored us on the podcast. But when we get those <laughs> sponsorships, we will have those conversations about which avenues that you can take in order to get some therapy without insurance. But there are lots of avenues. Don't ask me because they ain't sponsor us yet. OK. <laughs> Number 13. OK. Shade room. Shade room. Shade room. Let me let me let me ask you something. Why do you all highlight these Instagram celebrities who nobody knows? And what's even more troubling is the people in the comments know who these people are and be talking about and commenting about their whole lives and their trajectory on Shade Room. I'm like, Shade Room. When I go to the Shade Room, I'm like, who are these people? Why are these people like on the Shade Room as a Shade Room famous person? I don't understand who these people are shave room can you give some context as to who these people are when y'all make these posts because i don't understand i'm a man of a certain age and i don't understand who these who these kids are like there was a fight between two women who i don't know who they are um but one woman was uh shading another woman because her child is neurodiverse and she thinks that her child is neurodiverse due to fetal alcohol syndrome, right? Like, oh, well, you was popping pills and drinking while she was in the womb. And that's why she's, and she used the R word, right? I'm using neurodiverse because that's the correct term to use. But she used the R word, which I do not use and I do not support. But I was like, yo, you're wrong. And then, you know, going into cancel culture, you know, everybody was like, okay, cancel her, cancel her, cancel her. So she came back out with a statement and was like, you know what? I was wrong. I apologize. I should have never... Uh, said anything about this woman's uh, kid because she doubled down on it and called the girl the R word again a second time before she came out with an apology. Now, keep in mind, listeners, I don't know what this is. Just go to the shade room. I don't know who these people are. I can't even begin to tell you what their name was. And I don't even know where the argument started, but it was just a beef between two black women on the shade room who I don't know who they are. And one called the other woman's daughter the R word because it was alleged that she had fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, which I deducted, right? Like they didn't say it was fetal alcohol syndrome, but I deducted that because they, you know, in their vocabulary, they were saying, well, you was popping pills and drinking while you had the baby. Uh, okay, well, that's, that's problematic too, okay? But you don't absolutely know that that's the reason why her child is now neurodiverse because you weren't there and you don't know. Number 14, this goes into, uh, well, let me let me save that for number 15, because I think that's a good segue. Number 15. OK. Number 15. Uh, well, number 14. Now. Women, hear me out. OK, we are very affirming on this podcast, but I have a beef with certain women. And this is my beef with certain women. My beef with certain women is the fact that there are women out here who need therapy because they're broken. They are in situations where they wanted a man who they knew wasn't much of anything and used a baby as a means to anchor him into a relationship that they knew he didn't want in the first place. And when he rejects them on the back end after the baby is born, but then says, I still want to be a father. I just don't want you women. Here's my challenge. Okay. Here's my challenge. If the man is saying he still wants to be a father, if the man wants to come get his kid, if the man wants to provide and do for the kid and does not want to be in a relationship with you, it is okay for him to do that. Y'all made a child together, okay? Y'all made a child together. If he does not want you, accept the fact that he does not want you. If this man is still taking care of and providing for his child and still wants to be there as a constant in his child's life, allow that to happen because that's not only your child. And I've seen so many instances where women get upset when men reject them and don't want them. And then on the back end, have a baby with, you know, uh, with that man, and then don't allow the man to see his baby because of that rejection. 
right? And it's only and it's purely out of rejection that it's like, no, because if you don't want to be a part of this and you don't want to be a part of this family, then you don't get to see your baby and all that kind of stuff like that. And I'm gonna put you on child support. I understand that it takes a lot to raise a child. I don't want children. That ain't even my beef. That ain't even my argument. But what I'm saying is if you have a man who is providing for that child, allow that man to provide for that child. And and not in ways that are materialistic or whatever have you, like, oh, I'm going to buy him some clothes and, like, take him out for, to Chuck E. Cheese for an hour and stuff like that. There are men out here who really want to provide for children, like pay for childcare and pay for this and pay for that and all that kind of stuff like that. Willing to communicate and work with you to provide for that child. But I've seen so many instances where, and, and, and there are some women who are, are, are close, who may listen to this podcast, um, who are in that situation and... I'm going to just say suck it up and chalk it up to the game because you have to understand that, you know, people don't have to be in your life. People don't have to give you a reason for why they don't want to be with you in the first place. Right. I had an ex walk out on me and no, with no reason why, you know, it was just like, I don't want to do this no more. And that's OK. That's OK. You don't have to want to do this no more. That is sufficient reason enough for anyone to say, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. OK. Relationships are not guaranteed. And so what is guaranteed is raising that child. And if there is a man who is who, who does not want to be in relationship with you outside of the child, you need to accept that and own that and let him be a part of that relationship with that child. OK, that's and then last but not least, and I think that goes into our our next uh, uh, and it's a great time to our next uh, segment. Um, people, let's let's be clear. OK, let's be clear on this Juneteenth thing. All right. Because I had a whole argument earlier with some, some folks that I know. People are not arguing against the Juneteenth holiday being a national holiday because it is inherently bad. That is not what people are saying. People are saying, we are tired of the federal government pandering to us, giving, a, you know, um, creating legislation, well, passing legislation that only gives us piecemeal opportunities, Right such as a federal holiday for Juneteenth. Now, granted, Juneteenth is a great, it, it is something great. It is something great to be explored, something great to celebrate. I think everyone should understand and know the history of it. I think everyone should celebrate Juneteenth in America. Um, and, I, and, and, and Jeff, I'll let you go into what that actually is, but hear me out and hear me clear, okay? Not everyone is satisfied with the federal holiday, not because of the federal holiday being a federal holiday and not because we're not grateful for the federal holiday. It is literally because there are so many instances throughout American history where Black people have been offered piecemeal opportunities and piecemeal things instead of the things that we actually need in order to survive in this country and thrive in this country. All right. We need legislation that protects us, like the anti-lynching bill that's been in Congress for a hundred years almost that still has not passed. Okay. We have legislation on fair housing that still has not passed. We have uh, legislation on, you know, African-Americans and banking and things like that still has not been passed. And why has it not been passed? Of course, because of, you know, uh, Republican blocks and because of congressional action or lack of congressional action, because of lack of senatorial action, all that other kind of stuff like that. But it's interesting how this was a unanimous vote for the, the Juneteenth holiday came as a unanimous vote for across the aisles, okay, across the Congress and the Senate for something that only offers Black people a day off and Black people a moment of commemoration, okay? There are no resources attached to this bill that are going to any Black people besides having a day off, which is great. But again, it is a little bit less than what we asked for, right? It's just like mama, it's just like you asking mama to go to McDonald's and get you a Big Mac and she come back with a Happy Meal. Not that you're not grateful to have the Happy Meal, okay? Not that you're not grateful to have something to eat. And yes, it was your mama who actually, you know, took the liberty to go do that and you're grateful for your mama to go get you something. However, it was not what you wanted. It was not what you thought you needed at the time. That's where Black people are coming from who are dissenting about this Juneteenth holiday, all right? A lot of Black people just don't have the vocabulary and the articulation to, you know, explain exactly what this is, but this is exactly where some people, especially people like me, because I've been saying this, and my family has been down my throat, and I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it. This was piecemeal to me. So, Jeff, I'm going to let you go into that. I'm sorry. I've been talking too much. It's performative. 
Yeah. It's performative. It means absolutely nothing. We get yeah. absolutely nothing. It's performative. It's not like Juneteenth, only black people are going to get this day off. Yeah. No. Everybody now benefits from a new federal holiday. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just another day where I won't get an Amazon package. Right. <laughs> um like and I'm making light of I'm making jokes. Like, is it a, is it mm-hmm. a big deal that it's at least being recognized? Yes, but at the end of the day, it means nothing, right? I don't need the world or white people to recognize this day. We knew about this day. We celebrated this day without it being signed into the law that this is a federal holiday. So that's one. Right. It's performative for me. Um, and to, and really, I feel the same way you feel, right? We we gain nothing. We we're still haven't gained anything that's going to progress our people moving forward right and i can be one of those people where it's like but i'm in a position where i'm living good so who cares but it's not that right there's so many inequalities in our system that directly impact impact black people and every time there's any progress for us it's larger progress for everybody else we only get things passed because it benefits the whole there's nothing ever passed that just benefits us Right. Right. And Jarrell, you mentioned all of the bills that have been sitting on Congress desk for, for years that hasn't been moved. Now, part of me, it's for me, I feel like this is what cancel culture gets us. It gets us a Juneteenth. Yes. Right. Because and the reason why for me, we haven't moved or progressed really that much since the civil rights movement. One, we're more broken down than we ever been as like a people like mm-hmm. we have community activists and activists fighting against each other on a daily and what are they fighting for they're not they're not always fighting for us they're fighting for book deals who's going to be on cnn tonight right Mm -hmm. so like once again we're we're such a broken and divided people where we get these piecemeal these performative gestures but nothing really substantial or anything with any weight to it but i also tell people at the same time like you name all those bills right for me, I feel like one, we have no real leadership, so there's no direction. We, no one in the black community, no one knows what you want. I can ask yeah. you what what is it going to take to liberate our people? It'll be 600 items on your list. I ask the next person is 600. For me, though, let's pick one. I'm an incrementalist, right? Yeah. Can we all just agree on one thing first? Let's get one thing through, because when you ask for everything, you get nothing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what we're doing. We ask for everything we want. We want uh, uh, reparations. We want housing inequality, right? We want all like a million different things. So we end up with nothing. Yeah. Let's pick one. Let's pick one. If we want reparations, let's everybody get in this reparations, this reparations car and let's right. drive reparations. We get that through, we'll move somewhere else. But right now we're so disjointed where we just want everything. We want a boss of police. All right. Is that, is that the car we jumping in? Like, just tell me what right. car to jump in and I'll jump in it. Right now, exactly. there's too, we have too many lanes. And I feel like, you know, Juneteenth right now, it's once again, it's performative. And then whole critical race theory talk right now, it's another performative thing just to put wool over your eyes. And now we have all of our activists dedicated right. to fighting something that's not even real. Did you learn about critical race theory in, in school, like elementary, high school, hell, even undergrad? Nope, sure didn't. Um, I learned about, C- well, actually, well, I had I had access to CRT and Kimberly Crenshaw through debate, okay, and that was only in college. We had critical, we were a, a critique debating team, right, and so that's where I got access to critical race theory and Kimberly Crenshaw's work, um, which, by the way, is a black woman. CRT is a black woman, black birth thing. So yeah, and that, that's my point, right? So right now, all we see on the news all day, every day, people in Congress, people at their state senator's office arguing about critical race theory in elementary schools and high school where we don't even talk about that. Right. But that's where all, that's nope, where everyone's attention is right now. Right. That's where everyone's attention, all of our actors of attention are, are celebritized educators attention is to defend something that we don't need to be defended. Let's, let's focus on, you know, housing inequalities. Let's focus on abolishing the police. Let's focus on reparations, like focus on one thing. Right. And, Juneteenth is just another thing just to take our eyes off of the prize. And that's that's um, freeing us as a people because we're still mm-hmm. enslaved. So yeah. for all my woke people out there, y'all still sleepwalking, just to say. 
still sleepwalking. Still sleepwalking. Still sleepwalking. So that so Juneteenth for me, whatever. Like people asked about it, and I'm like, I'm still at, <laughs> especially where I'm at. I still might be at work next year. Who knows? Yeah. It took yeah. Arizona forever for them to recognize Martin Luther King. Holiday and give people off. So like, it doesn't mean next year all everybody's off on June 19th. That's not how this works. That's not how this works at all. Right. So yeah, y'all go ahead, throw your throw your barbecue pits up. It'll be just honestly, I feel like this is just gonna be another Cinco de Mayo, St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, um, just an opportunity for people to drink and and have barbecues. Which hey, that's all fun and dandy, but I'm ready to get to some real work. And even as an incrementalist, let me let's get to real work on at least one thing first, so we can yeah. start you know freeing our people. Yeah, and 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 for the woke folks again, you know, stop being, you know, the woke intelligentsia is what I call it. Stop being so condescending with folks who don't have the vocabulary to articulate what they actually mean when they're saying that, you know, this Juneteenth holiday is piecemeal, right? They, you know, what they're saying. You understand what is going on. You understand the actions that you know came about to infuriate. And you also, especially as a person who is intelligent, understands the totality of the Black experience in America and understand why certain people are upset about this. Don't act like we don't know why certain people are upset to this, okay? Or upset about this. We know. We know. So let them be upset. They might not be articulating it in the way that you want them to articulate it, but trust me and believe me that they're upset for the reasons that you know. So stop being so condescending and asking people, I don't understand why you upset. It's our holiday. We are the ones who created the legislation. We the ones who passed it. You know why we upset. You know why certain people are upset. Stop doing it. Stop doing it, right? So, I mean, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, and I felt, I felt like we, we left some food on the plate and we can tackle this some more next week. Oh, bro, let's do it. Let's um, But <laughs> happy Juneteenth. <laughs> happy Juneteenth, everyone. Yay! Happy Juneteenth. Um, thank y'all for listening. I'm, I'm going I'm to talk to Jarrell a little bit about his his hate for grits. Um, that's just blasphemy here. Um, I apologize for my co-host. <laughs> grits and champagne. Stop eating, y'all. It's a trap. It's a, it's like, a trap. I'll, I'll let you rock with champagne, but we ain't, we ain't going to do the grits thing. But anyway... <laughs> Thank you all for the listens. Remember, like us, share us, follow us. Um, And we're going to keep growing this thing. We out. Yeah. Peace.